If you want to grow in your business, here's the reality. You've been listening to this show now and you are in the right place at the right time. The fact that you're listening to a program like this is setting you apart of 99% of the population who is not focused on personal development and self-growth. That is how you become a millionaire is that you learn by learning and you learn by doing. You have to get the kind of the learning knowledge and the activity knowledge. The activity knowledge is 10 times more powerful than the learned knowledge, but that is where you take it, you put it into practice and you learn from it. But, you know, keep listening and tuning in to Starve the Doubts because you are going to learn stuff that is just going to shorten your learning curve and people are creating successes faster than ever. And it's because, in my opinion, it's because of the prevalence of just how much great learning and how much great education is out there and inspiration is out there for those of us, you know, to create success faster than ever. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Normally, we have Kamanzi Constable from Kamanzi Constable as co-host, but it's the holidays and Kamanzi's taking a little break. Well-deserved. That said, we're going to jump right in and have an amazing chat today with my good friend, Josh Elledge. Josh is the Chief Executive Angel at Savings Angel. He also helps people get in the news with free PR, public relations, and and just all kinds of tips on how people can promote their core message and get out there to the masses. And so he does that in millionsinfreemedia.com. We'll talk a little bit about that. But Josh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. This is a long time coming. Welcome, man. Yeah, it is a long time coming. Jared, I'm so honored to be here. And I just want to say, for those who are listening, Josh and I just had a little bit of hang time. He was speaker at the Podcast Florida event that was in Orlando recently and just absolutely crushed it. I mean, he was talking about different ways that he monetizes his podcast. And just so many people were interested in that topic and interested in his approach. And so, Josh, I was like, I don't know why I haven't already had you on the show, but we're definitely going to do it now. So we got a few things to talk about today. But first, let's start with the kickoff question. We ask everybody, and that's what is the best concert that you have ever been to? So the best concert that I've ever been to was, and I don't know if you hear this repeated often, but it was my first major concert that I'd ever been to because it was just, I'd never experienced anything like that in my life. And it was Metallica and Queensryche. (laughs) And this was the Injustice for All tour, and they were in Battle Creek, Michigan. So they had recently lost their bass player and uh, Cliff Burton, and they had replaced him with Jason Newstead. Now, Jason Newstead was actually from somewhere around that area in Michigan. So he's kind of a hometown kid that had basically gotten drafted into Metallica. So everybody was just out of their minds excited at that show. And uh, we had actually, that crowd had broken that record for the most people, I think shoved into that stadium at one time. And it was just an amazing show. And of course, me as like a 16, 17 year old kid at a major rock concert like that for the very first time and the stage show that they did, it was just unforgettable. And I still remember all the details to this day. Oh, man, I would have loved to have gone to that concert. I listened to both those bands growing up. So I'm sitting here like in nostalgia while you're talking about that. (laughs) Oh, and it was incredible because, you know, they would do, was it not blackened, but uh, what was the other one? And uh, so, I mean, they would just, That's when they had a giant Lady Justice statue. And during that song, 
the whole stage setup just collapsed and was just falling <sighs> everywhere. And here's oh, the wow. thing. So, and this is, they intentionally did this. At first, everyone was like freaking out, but I actually found out about this afterwards that they do this at every single show. So Jason Newstead's the new bassist, their last bassist just died. And so they did this thing intentionally where it made it look like the new guy was basically going to get killed by the stage show. And uh, so everyone's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they almost lost another bass player. But, uh, yeah, it turned out that uh, it was all planned, and I'm sure he was perfectly safe. <laughs> That's a little twisted. It is. Right. It's, it's like something out of, uh, what's that one silly, gosh, this is Spinal Tap. Yes. What's the oh, drummer yeah. keeps dying. <laughs> <laughs> that is a funny movie, by the way. If anybody is listening and has not watched that, they should go watch This is Spinal Tap. That's a great movie. Yeah, I think it's so. especially if you have an appreciation for rockumentaries and you know documentaries about rock music and, and 70s rock band excess. Absolutely <laughs> hilarious. So, Josh, are you ready to take this interview to an 11? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well put, well put. Okay, so the next one is Finish This Sentence. If you have vultures in your backyard, blank. <laughs> so what I did is I opened up the back window because I've had a vulture problem, as you so keenly <laughs> observed. We've had a vulture problem, and I found the source of their problem. And I'd say, if you do have a vulture problem in your backyard, go ahead and find the source, as opposed to what I did earlier in the day, as I just opened up the back window and went, hey, get out of here, vultures! <laughs> And that only works for a few seconds. They come back, start circling around. Yeah. And uh, it turned out I found the remains of the armadillo in the backyard. I'm telling you, those guys know how to pick an animal clean. I mean, it wasn't, you know, you'd think that there was entrails or anything. I mean, it was just bone dry. There was nothing left but the shell the you know, kind of the hard shell of that armadillo. And that was it. Do you guys have armadillos down there? I think they're, yeah, I think yeah. they're all over the place. D- Florida, dumbest so. animals in the world. I just, yeah, <laughs> but anyway, so that one obviously in the wrong place at the wrong time. Makes sense. Okay, so the holidays, are, by the time this episode airs, it's going to be around Christmas time. So your favorite, this is the next finish of the sentence, your favorite holiday travel hack is? Staying home. Not, <laughs> not traveling <laughs> during the holidays if you can avoid it. And actually, really, the best thing you can do if you want to avoid headaches, is that you should, you really need to just leave before everyone else. Take the extra day or two off work. Take the kids out of school. Yeah, look, they're going to miss that Friday before vacation when they get so much schoolwork done anyway, right? If you remember yeah, that last day before vacation, it's like <laughs> everyone just goes into the cafeteria or the gym and they watch some Christmas video or something. The kids aren't going to be doing anything anyway. <laughs> And the reason I share that, a couple of reasons. Number one is generally you'll be able to get a better rate on your airfare. You may have some more negotiating powers if you need to get a rental car. And then the other reason is you're just not going to have to compete with as many people. If you're driving, the roads are going to, they could be horrible if you're traveling during that weekend before Christmas. So you want to avoid that. And so traveling as far from the actual day of Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, the further away you can do your vacation, your traveling outside of that, the better.
All right, uh, one more icebreaker question. We'll get into the meat of this. Is recently you posted on Instagram a picture of you holding up a sign and it says "winner," <laughs> but and then it's like I just wanted to share the good news, but nobody knew what the good news was. So, Josh, what was the good news? How are you the winner? Well, explain that Instagram. So photo. I found the the I, so my if you have got kids, you've got kids. How many kids you've got? You've got a well, I just have I have one daughter. She's oh, four. One daughter. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, right, right. So kids just from our perspective just do random stuff, right? And so they had, for whatever reason, made this sign and it said winner and there were some arrows pointing down. And so just seeing that on the ground, of course, I'm curious. I'm like, what could that possibly be for? And so I started just thinking about, well, you know, maybe it was for me. And so I grabbed the sign, I put it over my head and I'm like, I tell my, my 15 year old, go ahead and take a picture of me. And she's like, what? I don't get it. I'm like, ah, whatever, just go ahead. And so, you know, and I think that that actually, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a silly picture, but, you know, really that actually fits my philosophy of life very, very well. You know, I'm an existentialist. And so much like Abraham Lincoln would say, a man is just about as, a man or woman is just as, just about as happy as he or she chooses to be. And that's right. me. And so, yeah, so I'm like, you know, I'm going to be a winner if I choose to. And I, you know, and it's funny because somebody said, well, what did you win? I said, I haven't decided yet, but, <laughs> but, but I do know that, uh, I am a winner in the game of life. <laughs> well, it is a funny picture. So anybody who's not friends with Josh Elledge on Instagram, go to josh.elledge and uh, check out some of those fun photos. All right. So, Josh, there's two major things I want to try to hit on in this interview. I know we can't cover everything, but uh, one of the things that I want to cover is your strategies for getting advertisers or getting sponsorship dollars on your podcast, because you have a very original perspective on this, something unique. And then if we have a few minutes, I also want to talk about some of the webinars that you have coming up where you're helping people to get free, basically free media to be exposed in media. And, and that's, we mentioned that at the intro, the millions in freemedia.com. So why don't we start with your podcast? So you've been able to monetize your podcast very successfully. You're doing well with doing sponsors and things of that nature. And some people really struggle with that for those who podcast. So let's talk about how you were able to figure that out, kind of crack that code, if you will. And what advice do you have for podcasters who are wanting to go and, and have sponsors and monetize their shows? Well, I think it starts with just asking the question that if you are a podcaster, are you in business for yourself? And obviously the answer is yes. And so if we are small business owners and we would like to become successful at our business, I'm a big fan of Michael Gerber. And I think that if you were to ask Michael Gerber, okay, I'm a podcaster. I got into podcasting because I really, really love it. I love to help serve other people. You know, I love the art and the practice and the exercise of podcasting. You know, how can I grow my business? And he'll tell you that you need to spend less time podcasting and you need to spend more time growing your podcast business. And in my presentation, I shared my belief that the number one reason that most podcasters will fail is because they're spending all their time podcasting. And I'm sure you and I, as we've looked through podcast directories and iTunes and so forth, we've seen some really great podcasts that were going for a while, and then they just stopped. And mm -hmm. we're kind of like, well, why did they stop? And, and I don't know. Maybe there was creative differences. Maybe there was some, 
you know, just operational issues involved. You know, the classic line, if you ask a rock band why they break up, it's always because of a girl. You know, maybe that's <laughs> the reason that they're not podcasting anymore. But I would probably guess that there are a good sum of those podcasts. Those podcasters have stopped because it just wasn't rewarding financially for them. In other words, maybe they had some ideas that they were just going to build this podcast and magically advertisers were just going to show up and they were just going to dump money in their lap and say, I want to pay you money so that I can sponsor your show. And I don't know. I, I think that that's a little short-sighted, quite frankly. And it was interesting because when I first started podcasting, and I haven't been podcasting long, Jared, I started in February of 2014. But I mean, my background in the media goes back decades, you know, so I've, right. I've done other things in this realm. And I've certainly built and grown some very successful businesses in the past. But, you know, with podcasting, I really kind of treat this like a business first, and it allows me, if I do that, then it allows me to pursue my passions, which is to truly deliver valuable content to my audience. So I think that the number one reason that podcasters are going to succeed is because they're growing their podcasting business. So, you know, kind of with that, if you don't mind, I mean, let's just kind of look at the schedule of what a podcaster does. So with my show, and I don't know what yours is like. But for me, I put out a show about every four or five days. And so I spend about eight to 10 hours actually doing the work of podcasting, doing my notes, doing the pre-show stuff, actually recording the show, editing, post-production, post, you know, uploading it. And then, you know, just getting the tweets all loaded and, you know, the you know, general marketing, you know, emailing people, letting them know that it's published and so forth. About eight to 10 hours a week, I do that. I spend, and this is going to blow people's minds. I spend double that, about 16 to 20 hours finding and working with advertisers. I spend a lot of time doing that. And the reason why is because I want to do this for the rest of my life. And in order for me to do that, I just, you know, if I were to, last year I did a lot of consulting and my consulting rate is generally about two, three, $400 and, I, and I've even charged more than that an hour. So for me to podcast, I just, you know, with that much time going into it, I just need to make sure that my time is being used very, very well and that there's some, you know, that it's rewarding financially. Otherwise, I'll go back to consulting, which I'd really rather not do a lot of because in many ways it's like trading time for dollars. I'd rather sure. create a system that, you know, where I've got advertisers that are very, very happy. I've got listeners who are extremely happy. And if I can keep those two entities happy, I mean, as long as I can keep them happy, you know, I've got a job or I've got a, you know, I've got a good business of this podcasting. And so, you know, what I end up spending my time doing is, you know, just a lot of, I guess, what many people would consider sales. And, you know, before you think, well, what, you're just, you know, you're just trying to pitch people and trying to convince people. And that's really not it. And I'm, I'm sure you've done enough interviews with people who are extremely savvy at sales who will kind of give you an education on what sales really is. And sales is really just relationship building and finding someone who has a need and filling that need and bringing value to people. And if you can do that and you can work really, really hard doing those things, 
then I would say that's probably one of the best traits that as a business owner, you and I can get really, really good at. And it'll be extremely financially rewarding for us. One of the things you talked about at Podcast Florida, which kind of got a laugh out of a lot of folks, was how you barter. And you you even gave an example of how you've you know, did the staycation thing and how you were able to leverage that. So would you be willing to tell that story? Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to censor this a little bit. If you want the uncensored <laughs> versions, you need to get to the conferences. <laughs> Cause that's where you get the really good stuff that, you know, the stuff that, you know, where I'm, I'm like looking around the room, I'm like, okay, this isn't being recorded, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> and it was. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, sure. It may be. It's floating around there somewhere, but yeah. So this was a podcast, Florida. You know, at Podcast Movement, there's going to be other really great stuff from the stage. So that is something that, you know, folks will want to make sure it's in their schedule. Uh, so, yeah. So on the subject of bartering, my very first advertiser was a very, very large cable TV company. And I had actually written an article. I am a syndicated columnist. So there are some advantages when I talk about my success in podcasting. Yes, much like a lot of other podcasters who have very early and rapid success, usually they had some things going for them that they had spent years previous building. So write a syndicated column. That goes to a million and a half readers. That absolutely helps. But I had written this column, and I came up with you know about seven or so reasons why cable TV may actually be a good investment in certain circumstances when it comes to you know getting value for your entertainment dollars. I'm not saying it's that way for everybody, but you know, these seven or eight reasons kind of illustrated some reasons why you might be considered becoming a cable reconnector. Well, this large cable TV company saw that column and they reached out to me and they said, would you be interested in having us on or maybe interviewing somebody with our company? And, you know, we'd love to share some new technology that we're working on. I said, sure, absolutely. You know, because I have limited space in my podcast, I've got a lot of content I'd like to deliver my listeners. But I'd be happy to have you on, but I would need, I would need some sort of compensation for that airtime just because I only have limited inventory. Does, is that sound fair? And they respond, yeah, we totally get that. And usually, you know, if you're nice and you explain what the situation is, it's not like, you know, podcasting is not like a blog where you have, uh, you know, on a blog, you've got unlimited inventory, right? I mean, you could do a thousand posts a day if you wanted to. And, you know, half of them could be, you know, some kind of thing where you had an affiliate link connected with. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways, a lot of different inventory you can use to make money with it. With a podcast, you can't do that because we only have so much air, you know, so much, uh, so many minutes that we're going to actually podcast and produce each week. So that's why I'm able to sell this as kind of a limited commodity. And so with this one, you know, they, you know, we kind of worked out a deal. I, I basically said, well, you know, why don't we just uh, do a trade? And uh, I said, you know, if you can hook me up with cable, <laughs> a cable TV subscription for a while, you know, maybe we can connect this. And they said, yeah, we can work that out. So, yeah, so there's cable TV. But I, I mean, I've been getting a lot of other things as well. I did, as you alluded to, I went on a recent staycation. And if you are comfortable working with the media, if you're comfortable in working with public relations experts, agencies that represent large companies, if you can network very, very well and have a heart of service where you truly want to be a connector, and a connector may be with a large brand who 
wants audiences to know what they're doing and wants audiences to know the value of their product or service. And so I was able to do that for a hotel chain here in Orlando. And as a result, we were able to stay at a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful hotel. And it was a it was the presidential suite. It was pretty. When I say sweet, it was sweet. I mean, it was just <laughs> incredible. And, you know, it was because of networking. And so I don't approach these things with the mindset, oh, let's just see what I can get. But let's just see if there's a fit here. Can I bring value to this business at the same time that I bring value to my audience? And different formats, different podcast formats are, are, you know, maybe different and difficult, more difficult than others. But in my case, you know, my podcast is a, is a shopping podcast, essentially, with some other things right. thrown in. So I have a little bit more leeway, I think, in, in some product categories. I love that story, Josh. I mean, you got so many good stories. So anybody who's listening, if they ever get a chance to hear you speak live at a conference, they absolutely need to attend your session. Because you did not disappoint. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Josh. So, so let's segue from that. I mean, I, I could talk for another half hour just on, you know, monetizing podcasts mm-hmm. because that, that is such a powerful and interesting topic and, and needed for people who are out there doing that. You're not just doing that. You're helping people just get free exposure in media. And this is something that I find incredibly useful and interesting. So millions in freemedia.com. You've got some webinars coming up. You've got. Just tons and tons of experience of helping people get featured in the media for, in most cases, free. So, so let's talk about those webinars and what people can learn from that and maybe a couple tips for those who are interested in that. Yeah. In fact, in all cases, free. And so my okay. background, Jared, is when I was in the, I was in the United States. You and I were both in the Navy, right? Yeah. yeah that's you, right. You were a sub, you were a submariner. Where were you stationed? <laughs> I was in Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. Can we still be friends? Yeah. Well, I was in Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. I was there from 1991 to 1994, and I was a Navy journalist. And so we would run around with video camera, and we produce uh, these TV programs, Navy Marine Corps News, and it would get uh, published all over the world. So I have a background, you know, kind of working with and in the press. And so that's always kind of stayed with me throughout all of my businesses. And when I launched SavingsAngel.com, which I did getting on eight years now, January 20th, 2015, Savings Angel has been around for eight years, and we've done over $5 million in sales. And the way that I was able to grow this business so quickly is because I was able to approach the media and deliver to them the thing that is valuable for them. And that's really great content that their audiences are after. And so... I would become the free consumer reporter guy. And all along, of course, they give attribution, you know, based on the work that I do. I write a syndicated column. I go on TV all over the place. I do radio. I've been on radio or TV well over a thousand times. And my intention is to really serve those hardworking journalists and producers who are trying to produce a great show, provide what their audiences want. And if you can give them what they want, well, they'll give you what you want, and that's exposure. So I was able to, with SavingsAngel.com, you know, grow a full-time income within our first year, which is not typical for most small businesses. Most small businesses die on the vine. The majority of them do. But some businesses, as you know, seem to get discovered, and others just kind of disappear. 
And so what's the difference? And I believe largely, because there are great ideas that disappear, and it's not that, you know, just because some, you know, it's not always the case that someone had a better idea, so that's why they, they succeeded. It usually comes down to, if they have a good enough idea, did they get it in front of enough people? Because there aren't too many problems in business that can't be solved with more customers and more sales. And so I teach other entrepreneurs to get really, really good at telling their story and putting themselves in a position where imagine that you and I are trying out for American Idol or one of those silly shows, right? Maybe Dancing with the Stars. I, I don't know. You know. <laughs> and so anyway, they have this moment where you get your shot and you've got one shot to impress the judges. And if you're really, really bad, then they just laugh at you and put you on TV anyway because you're entertainment. But if you're mediocre, eh, you know, they don't really want to mess with you. But if you're really, really good, then you're set, right? Because they get you in and that's your one shot. So in many ways, appearing on especially TV news. And so when I share these principles, Jared, it's the same no matter if we're talking about your local Fox or NBC affiliate or if we're talking about the Huffington Post, Vice, you know, maybe some of these other ones. You need to know how to perform. And there are some things that you need to have in terms of business and your brand and your perceived audience, existing audience, and kind of how you interact with your audience, whether or not they look engaged. And then, of course, your ability to communicate and actually pitch and, and get placed on TV. There are a lot of variables that we want to make sure are doing very, very well. Because when you get your shot, if you are very good on TV or you give a lot of value to a reporter. Like I was just working with an entrepreneur who had a great placement in the New York Times and NPR. And it's because he's getting very, very good at telling his story and serving as what is known as a brand journalist. So if you can give information to journalists and do it in a, in a way where you're not just there tooting your own horn and talking about your own deal, and instead, you know, think of other people and think of, you know, what they want, then you will be asked to come back over and over and over again. And if you can get regular segments, then Jared, I mean, as a business owner, you're set for life. Yeah. You know, we've gotten over easily seven, eight million dollars in free advertising because of what we do. We do a lot of outreach. We do a lot of education and you know, we just find opportunities to serve. And if you can help enough people get what they want, then you'll get what you want. Yeah, to quote the classic line, exactly. uh, I guess most commonly used by Zig Ziglar. But yeah. Josh, I, I mean, it's amazing to see some of the tricks that you have up your sleeve. And the, I remember the, the first time you and I talked was back earlier this year. And then, you know, we've run into each other at Podcast Movement, mm -hmm. of course, at uh, FinCon and and uh, most recently got to hear you speak at Podcast Florida. And uh, dude, every time I'm around you, I'm just like, man, I want to, I want to go be like Josh. <laughs> so so I, I just appreciate your energy and oh, yeah. your enthusiasm and uh, definitely love what you're teaching. All right. So how can people get more information about some of these webinars that you have coming up? So I do a free webinar for my fellow entrepreneurs and I focus on helping digital entrepreneurs because I'm a dot com entrepreneur. That's kind of where I've made my success. And so I especially love working with bloggers and podcasters. If someone listening to us kind of falls into that category or they do business on the Internet, 
I really would love for you to attend a free webinar. I don't go into, it's not a sales thing or anything like that. It's just, I really am going to spend an hour and teach you all my best stuff when it comes to being able to get a lot of free exposure for your business and being able to speak the language, being able to present your company in a way that is going to pass the smell test when journalists and producers and, you know, they're looking at you and they want to see, is this someone we can trust that if we put them on air or if I call them up and I spend 15, 20 minutes interviewing them, they are going to give me what I'm looking for. And if you can do that, Jared, you know, some people will say, well, why would you bother with that? You know, I'm only working on social media and SEO. And you know what? Guess what? If you get really good placement in the New York, in the New York Times or, you know, any large newspaper or TV station, you are going to get internet placement everywhere. So it is absolutely worth pursuing this. And anyway, I've got a free webinar. And Jared, I'll give you a special link. And here's why. If you go to my website, and it's millionsinfreemedia.com, but go through this link I'm going to give to Jared. And here's why. It's a one-hour webinar. After that one-hour webinar, I'll present the opportunity, if you go through Jared's link, where I would be happy to spend about 30 minutes with you. And again, I shared what my regular consulting rate is earlier. It is worth every dime. I've been working with entrepreneurs for years and years and years. I've helped some become very, very successful. And uh, I would love to take a look at exactly what business you're doing, what your goals are, what are you trying to create as far as success? You know, if you're not making the kind of money that you want to make, let's take a look at that. Because I want to make sure that if you get a lot of exposure, when people come to your website, you're getting the revenue that you want and, and quite frankly, you deserve as a hardworking small business person or digital entrepreneur, you deserve to become successful. And usually it's just kind of taking a step back and improving some systems, improving a product or two and making sure that you are ready for business. And then as the audiences come, I'm telling you, you know, you get a placement in a major city and you'll have thousands of people. I did a segment in Chicago and within 30 minutes, I had, you know, three, 4,000 people knocking on my door. Now, thankfully, I had great ways of capturing a lot of that business. And that's what we want to make sure is all set up as well. So, Josh, my question is, you mentioned a link. Is that something that we can give out on this interview or should we just reference that in the show notes? Yeah, make sure you go to starvethedoubts.com, right? And in the show notes for this episode, you need to use that link. And Jared, I'll give you that. And that way you can make sure to get that. I think what we'll do is we'll create starvethedoubts.com slash free media. Starvethedoubts.com slash free media. And that'll point to the link that Josh is, uh, is referencing. All right, Josh. So as we start to wrap up here, who is doing something that interests you? <laughs> well, Jared, you're doing something that interests me for sure, but I don't want to, you know, give a, a major a kind of a cop out and, you know, just, uh, but you know who's doing, you know, all of podcasting is doing something that interests me. And again, that's another lame time person of the year kind of thing to do. You know, don't they, time person of the year has just become so lame. And my answer is so lame as well, but let me explain why. Podcasting, as we know it, is going to look completely different in two years from now. And the people who are in the game today are going to be, in hindsight, they are going to be the smartest people in the room. Because two years from now, I think if you look through iTunes, you're going to see 
every major brand, every major company, every major celebrity is going to have a podcast. And they're going to treat it just like they do having an Instagram account, just like having a Twitter account. Oh, we got to be on that. Oh, we got to be on that. And here's why. Podcasting can deliver what no other medium can deliver. And that is in a way that no other way, I should say that no other way can deliver. And that's its relationship building. If you follow me on Twitter, you know, you'll get some tweets. You might see some pictures, but I don't feel like you'll really get to know me like you would if you were to listen to my podcast. Social media, reading blogs, it's just consumed differently. When we consume social media and we're reading blogs, generally we're kind of in a hyper learning state. So my time person of the year is the podcaster, (laughs) is all those who are working their guts out right now, producing audio content and building those relationships. Because here's what's going to happen. Over the next couple of years, you're going to have all these major brands that are going to say, oh, we need to be doing that. And some of them get it. And some of them are already doing it in a big way. But I think all the rest are going to probably start looking at existing successful podcasters. And they're going to say, they're going to want to go to the Jared Easley's of the world and everybody else who's producing great stuff on the internet. And they are going to want to align with you because you have a big audience. You produce great content. You have a history and background in this. And so, I mean, don't be surprised if, you know, those of us who are podcasting in these early days, and I don't want to say early days, but in the history of the internet and where we're going. Yeah. I mean, we are absolutely in the early days of podcasting still. So the future is really, really exciting for those of us who are actively building right now. And so for those who are, haven't yet got on the train, please, what are you waiting for? Just, you know, <laughs> if you need an invitation, here it is. Get started. Get to podcast movement this coming fall and, uh, you know, all your wildest dreams will come true. How's that for an endorsement? (laughs) (laughs) That must be true, Josh. All right. So uh, do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? Uh, Yes. Yes, I absolutely do. And that is that if you want to grow in your business, here's the reality. You've been listening to this show now and, and Jared and I have been talking for well over a half hour. You are in the right place at the right time. The fact that you're listening to a program like this is setting you apart of 99% of the population who is not focused on personal development and self-growth. That is how you become a millionaire, is that you learn by learning and you learn by doing. You have to get the kind of the learning knowledge and the activity knowledge. The activity knowledge is 10 times more powerful than the learned knowledge, but that is where you take where Jared and I, what Jared and I have been talking about today. You take it, you put it into practice, and you learn from it, but, you know, keep listening and tuning in to Starve the Doubts because you are going to learn stuff that is just going to shorten your learning curve, and people are creating successes faster than ever, and it's because, in my opinion, it's because of the prevalence of just how much great learning and how much great education is out there and inspiration is out there for those of us, you know, to create success faster than ever. Josh, I really appreciate this. People, again, can go to starthedouse.com slash free media, or they can also go to millionsandfreemedia.com to check out what you're up to. Uh, Josh, I really appreciate your time. Thank Jared, you. Jared, it's my pleasure. Thank you.
And sales is really just relationship building and finding someone who has a need and filling that need and bringing value to people. And if you can do that and you can work really, really hard doing those things, then I would say that's probably one of the best traits that as a business owner, you and I can get really, really good at. And it'll be extremely financially rewarding for us.